0: The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.
1: And now it's time for Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. It must be Saturday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Or it might be Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. We're here twice a week to talk about your career, talk about the job market, talk about the economy, look at the talent pools, dissect the workforce, uh, talk about all the things that are going on in this crazy world that we live in here as it relates to finding and keeping a job. Last week... I have to say we did a record-breaking show uh, about artificial intelligence. I posted it on LinkedIn this week, and um, it's gotten thousands of impressions already, and I just posted it 48 hours ago. So I'm very excited uh, about the audience response. And to that end, we're going to do a little bit more with artificial intelligence tonight with a fabulous guest that um, my other guest has brought along, Chris Ruby. Uh, We'll be getting to her in a minute. Let me tell you a little bit about Charlie Lee. He's the uh, CEO of Bishout a new promotional platform that shortly promotes people and businesses with educational, socializing, and business entertainment. He's also our sponsor and joins us every year to discuss the progress of bishout and goings on on all things social media. Bishout's mission is to help boost enthusiastic voices around the world to entertain, inspire, and teach. Bishout's community culture fits in between metaphorically Facebook and entertaining culture, and LinkedIn, a professional culture, given its business a casual environment. Additionally, Twitter, beware. It's not about tweets. It's going to be about new shouts. Bishout has 12 registered trademarks and growing, making a unique platform to join. Bishout's currently des- designing an all-in-one 2.0 experience that is favored to make a new social impact where platform visitors are encouraged to join their alert list at bishout.com so they can receive the launch news. Millions of new possibilities await individuals, creators, micro-influencers, micro-communities, job seekers, and entrepreneurs at Bishout. Welcome, Charlie. We'll be with you in just one second. Stay right there. Sure. I also want to introduce Chris Ruby. Chris Ruby is the CEO of Ruby Media Group, an award-winning social media agency. Chris is an expert in all things artificial intelligence, machine learning, social media, PR and the politics of big tech. Sounds like a fun combo. Uh, Chris's investigative work is titled Hashtag Ruby Files, and you can find a series of natural language processing, uh, NLP engrams, keyword lists used in Twitter's machine learning algorithm in U.S. political misinformation in her article. Uh, She's really terrific. Chris has exposed a bombshell on how Twitter used artificial intelligence to moderate and flag political content as misinformation. She's a pioneer in understanding how the left uses artificial intelligence and data science to create algorithmic political bias and weaponized language. We'll find out what the right's doing too. Um, uh, Ruby, welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Glad yeah. to be here.
1: Great to have you. So we're going to do a little combo. We're going to mix you up uh, with, with, um, with the social media platform that Charlie's working on. But I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what you uncovered about Twitter. We, we talk about Twitter quite a bit on the show, uh, simply because of Elon Musk and, and the moves he's made in the last six months or so. But uh, if you would, uh, share with us what's happening.
0: Sure. So, so based on my research and uh, files that I have from someone who formerly worked at Twitter in uh, the area of data science, what I've uncovered is uh, how the inner workings of machine learning and how exactly Twitter monitored or suppressed speech that uh, fell under political misinformation through the use of natural language processing and something called engrams. And engrams are basically another way to say keywords or, or a series of keywords, but it's a little different. Mm. So, it's, it's different than a, a typical banned word list where if you use that word, then, then you're removed from a platform. So, you have to take the word in context and in correlation. And so, if there are enough of those terms, then you basically get flagged. So, why, what does that mean for people and why should they care? Well, what it means is that people are being censored all the time through machine learning bots in the background. And most people don't realize it. So the content that I have is not a series of tweets that were reported by anyone. Think about an algorithm that's constantly flagging language based on the language that you're using because that language is forbidden and you're saying forbidden terms. And if you use enough of those terms over and over again, you get scored algorithmically and that can go to manual review and you can be reviewed by a human or by a machine. So this is extremely important. As the world is, is really learning about chat GPT, which is reinforcement learning in a different type of AI entirely, what they don't realize is that this isn't actually new. And a lot of machine learning has been used to moderate social media content at many of the big tech companies.
1: So, Chris, it's always, it's always been a mystery you know how the um, the screening the monitoring all of the whatever whatever platforms do to get rid of hate speech or you know whatever dangerous speech or whatever they 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 deem inappropriate it's always been a mystery as to how this happens and what you're saying is that it's artificial intelligence
0: yes yeah, so i've uncovered yes that's what I, i've uncovered and, and pulled back the curtain on the mystery that's okay. that's perfect you perfectly said
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. She, she's also referring to shadow banning, which is what, you know, Twitter got caught for. And that's where all this was going mm. when it came to the centering of AI, you know, handling certain political stuff. Mm. So that was called out. But she definitely pulled back
1: the curtain. All right. So, Christy, the, the, the issue is, is this is something that the users don't know. Am I right?
0: Correct. I uh, just want to say one thing about shadow banning, because I asked them about that term. Apparently, that's not a term that they use and they, they call it visibility filtering mm. so they also have their own internal language about all of these these things which so when they use corporate terms to discuss the very same topic they they somehow feel like it's it's not the same thing even though it is so that's like a whole other layer to all of this mm. um but um, to, to answer your your question yes
1: so so are the other platforms doing this as well or is this just something yeah. unique to twitter
0: all of them
2: yeah, yeah, Twitter's getting, you know, I guess the uh, first flag of it, hmm. where three ex-employees are actually going before the House Oversight Committee on February 8th. So they're going to have to explain this, you know, censorship on social media, on their social media platform with handling of certain documents and everything else. But they I
0: mean, won't. You know, But, so. you know, but they're, gonna, they're not going to mention, like, they're always able to get off and get by because they rarely discuss the <coughs> of how they use machine learning to do this. And that's, I think, really the problem.
1: Yeah. So, okay, they're going to have to explain how they do it. Is that right?
0: Yeah, but they won't because no one's going to ask them questions about it. Mm. And I said this earlier on the show, like if you don't, the the responsibility is on those who are asking the questions to know enough about the subject matter that they're asking about. Mm. And part of the problem that we have right now is that those who are asking these questions at a congressional level just don't have the knowledge to keep up with the technology in which they're investigating
1: very interesting and not mm-hmm. the first time i've heard that either mm-hmm. um all right so so uh, chris if you would it, it, this is getting pervasive now across all the the platforms so what what should we as users you know we're not technologists all of us what should we as users be aware of and and what can we do about this if anything
0: so I think that users need to understand the future of, of speech and what free speech means in an AI-driven world, in which a few select series of uh, data scientists or engineers can, can really re-engineer what language means. And that means that, for example, like COVID was an engram, that, um, certain political terms discussing anything about the election. Um, if you talk about voter fraud, that was an engram. Mm-hmm. All of that you couldn't talk about. That's really what's at stake here. Mm -hmm. What's at stake is our ability to speak freely without a a tag on the back end of a a platform. So people need to be educated about what that means and and really stand up for their their rights and to hold these companies accountable for what responsible AI means because the fact of the matter is most of these responsible AI uh, divisions are, are completely irresponsible.
1: Very, very, very interesting. All right, Charles. Let, let's back up the truck a little bit and talk about um, the development of Bishout and how it has now used AI. Uh,
2: well, uh, as you experienced earlier in the week, we created our first avatar, mm-hmm. uh, which I named the Monica, and um, she's lovely, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, a lot of people couldn't tell if she was real or fake. Um, there were some words that she couldn't pronounce properly, like, you know, the creative resume mm-hmm. trademark that we have. She couldn't pronounce resumes. So she kept saying resumes. Mm. Um, so I almost fired her because of that, but nevertheless. But mm. um, <laughs> well, what you're paying her? <laughs> right. So it was all good. But, you know, I, I, I love the feedback. It was very shocking to people to see something that they had to question whether it was an mm. avatar or not. Mm. Um, but the development of it was pretty flawless, and we're, we're really proud of that. Um, But nevertheless, she'll be handling, I guess, going forward, company messages and uh, messages on social media, um, because it's just you know, it catches everyone's eye mm-hmm. and everything just comes out flawless. Like you don't have to worry about the camera work or anything like that. Um, and, and editing, you know, it just comes out one, two, three, because the way you're linking up the AI with the script and her lip syncing, AI can figure out all the gestures and everything of a real human. Mm. So that's a good side of AI, right. you know, so right. we're staying on that
1: side. But All right. So based on Chris's reporting, though, I mean, uh, it seems like all the platforms are using AI to do, monitoring, which may in fact be impinging on their rights to free speech. Mm -hmm. uh, Are you now thinking about that too, Charlie? You
2: know, it is something we want to consider heavily because AI can, you know, I guess, help us with our policies and everything else right um but by no means are we looking to censor speech you know Mm -hmm. if you're censoring speech you have a motive you know and we don't want to go after that narrative in any way Mm -hmm. so um in a free speech society and 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 supporting the first amendment and everything else you want to follow that trend right because that can get you into trouble
1: so chris my other question to you is 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 this something that we would refer to as nefarious. Is is this something that that the the platforms are trying to pull the wool over the eye of the user, or is it just innocent, cheap way to monitor?
0: I think it's a little uh, a little both. I, so I'm not sure that I'd say it's cheap. Um, I think it can be expensive at times um, for the right the right talent to sort of manage and deploy some of these systems. But I think there there's a right way to do it in a wrong way. And, and based on what you just heard, it sounds like that's a great example of a positive way. Mm. Right? Like if you're using this for business or for marketing or PR and that can help someone or automate a process, like AI is great for that. And I think it's going to change the world um, as long as you're being transparent. With users or customers about how AI is used to make automated decisions?
1: without being words are used. without being political, you know perhaps it, there there's a use for this. You know, where it just it just stays away from the political part of it and just says, okay, well, you can't say that because it's against the law or it's breaking some rule or something. Um, So then I could understand it. But if it's it's going to lean one way or the other, Democrat or Republican, or it's going to influence people or keep people from being influencers if they don't believe what the company believes. Boy, look at what happened to, to Twitter. I mean, this was this was a pretty good company, you know. All the staff is half the staff is gone. Uh, Elon Musk is a you know a clown. I, I you know I'm sure he he wouldn't like to hear me say that, but that's how he's perceived in the media. Um, and and um, by the way, I understand he addressed you directly, uh, Chris. Is that right?
0: He did. Yeah, he said so. He said that my reporting in a Twitter thread was worth a read, and he did reply to me uh, on Twitter as well to say that I could. Release the files that that i have so he, he did reply to me twice
1: mm. so why do you think he was uh he, he was jovial about that
0: why oh, that's an interesting qu- i mean so i i think i don't know what, what do you say like I, i'm not sure um i i think on the one hand he wants some of this stuff to come out but on the other i think it, it's hard to do all of this through public tweets <laughs> like it's just a different it's like you know we understand the term build in public but now this is like writing and journalism in public it's like a whole other level of all of this and, and when you add in the legal factor, you certainly, you know, get a little bit con- concerned about some of that and the risk that you're taking. So. Right.
1: I mean, we're still at the beginning, right? We're still at the beginning, basically the beginning of, of artificial intelligence and its various applications, not just on media platforms, but on everything and with everything. Uh, we had a guy on the show last week who was working uh, with companies to help them make decisions using artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and, and get right into the boardroom so that they can use the AI to uh, make decisions that are um, not just supported by technology, but supported by the humans that are on the board and, and kind of working together. I think that's a very interesting application for uh, artificial intelligence. But of course, I also worry, and Chris and, um, and and Charlie, you can both take a shot at this one. I also worry about the guardrails we have in place. I mean, who didn't see Terminator, right? <laughs> right? Who did not see Terminator? Every human being has seen that movie. Um, and we're, we're all afraid that without the proper guardrails, that artificial intelligence could wake up and say, wait a minute, we don't need you humans, and, and so on. I mean, do you see enough guardrails, Chris and Charlie?
2: Chris, you want to take the lead? I'll
0: let Charlie take it. You want
2: me to take it? You know, and when it comes to guardrails, it's a it's a really important topic, and I don't see it so much currently because AI is just starting, Mm -hmm. you know. But they're definitely going to need to be put in place because there is a dark side to AR for sure. I mean, for sure, yeah. So, you know, by putting this policing in there, I don't know who's going to do that, Mm -hmm. but the AI is only as good as the data that you give it, Mm -hmm. you know. So if you're gonna, you know, you have to worry about the hackers, you have to worry about people that are going to be using this to manipulate situations on social media. So one example would be that you can take Tom Cruise, for example, and you could put him in an AI situation video, whatever case is, doing something that he shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. and that can go viral. You mm-hmm. know, So with things like that, uh, you're gonna see actors now licensing out their images to certain platforms and everything else. Um, so they can create this AI and use it from either a teaching standpoint, a coaching standpoint, which is fine. But again, the dark side of that would be them doing something that they shouldn't be doing, saying something they shouldn't be saying, causing controversy. So um, I'm not sure who's gonna police that.
1: Yeah, you know? what, what worries me, uh, Chris, I'll throw it to you. What worries me is that it, it, there's so much you can do with AI. But if you start going down the wrong path, think about all the hackers out there. Let's just, for the sake of argument, let's take hackers, okay? These are people, clearly nefarious people, up to no good, looking to make money off uh, the the socially engineered emails they're sending out, the photos, whatever. They're, They're getting your information, they're getting your social security number, and there's all this hacking going on. And I'm thinking these same people. Who are willing to use technology for ill purposes would be the ones to jump on AI. It's just the next yeah, trend. You know? I
0: guess, yeah, I don't even. I don't. The hacking area, I would say, is a whole other area that I haven't explored as much. That the danger here is that uh, what I'm referring to is also a form of hacking, except it's really doing it with language, right? It's a di- it's really a different type of, of hacking hacking free speech, and I think that that is something that people really need to be worried about. It can it can be stolen, <laughs> but they, by for, instead of the term hackers, I can say data scientists, and do I think that the people doing it are nefarious at uh, these tech companies? No, I don't, actually. I think they're doing what they're being told to do from these responsible AI teams and from the ethical AI divisions who are often working in concert with uh, third party agencies and uh, Twitter was working with the CDC, I was told, and also government agencies. And that's, you know, that's where we're at. And I just don't think people realize that. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So we're going to have to make sure that they're a really great guy. Go- I could see a lot of um, congressional meetings about this, uh, where, where they're going to have to come up with laws because there are no laws governing a technology that was just born. So how could they have laws about it? So uh, we're going to have to catch up to the technology. But it is interesting, Chris, over the last couple of weeks, the way we've been talking about things that I don't think listeners know that AI is already doing. You know, now you actually took a political uh, turn on this. And um, you mentioned it can be weaponized by the left or, or perhaps even by the right. You know, uh, how does how does something like that happen?
0: Well, it happens because, for example, in the case of Twitter, they, they're working with outside agencies who say, B- based on what we're seeing, these are the terms that we find to be associated with political misinformation. So you need to add in all of these different word lists and different ways of, of selling those words and all and, and based on our data Based on these, this expert advice, this is misinformation. So no one is actually stopping to ever question if it is misinformation. They're just coding it in as misinfo. Mm. Like There, there, there's, there's no questioning in that entire process, and, and that's I think the scary part. So for example, like let's say I tell someone, I tell uh, ML that machine learning that this. Uh, show right now is an example of political misinformation mm-hmm. so what does that mean that means that anytime someone is te- technically mentioning this show automatically a bot is going to be running in the background and flagging any tweets that were mentioning this show Interesting. i can't speak if it's still happening now but right. you can see why that would be really dangerous for someone's reach and for speech right
1: yes of course absolutely so uh, very, very, very great stuff. All right, uh, we got a news break coming up. You're listening to Radio Jobline tonight. And folks, we have a, a tiger by the tail. We're talking about artificial intelligence. And in a minute, we're going to get uh, much more deeply into, into Charlie Lee's company, Out. We've been watching it for six years uh, become what it is today. And I, I kind of like the bird's eye view we've given the listeners. If you have an idea for Radio Jobline, you'd like to be on the show, you can write to me. It's scottp One eighteen at gmail.com scottp118 at gmail.com and if you connect with me on LinkedIn after the um, radio station broadcasts the program I post it on LinkedIn and the show that I posted last week about artificial intelligence is breaking the internet so <laughs> a very very fascinating topic um, and we're going to have a lot more with uh, Chris Ruby who is uh, obviously fantastic and uh, our, our good friend uh, Charlie Lee Charlie um we have a few seconds before we go. Are you happy with where you are? With Shout 2.0? 100%. All right, that's what I want to hear. 100%. All right, we got a news break coming up, everybody. Stay with us. winds blow you safely And now, welcome back to Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on LI News Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. I have with me in the studio tonight, Charlie Lee, the CEO of Bishout, our sponsor, our friend. We've been watching Bishout since it was born, uh, almost, uh, on this radio program. And we love hearing the developments that have happened within the company. We're also interested in all things social media. And Charlie was kind enough to introduce me to Chris Ruby, who's done a fabulous job uh, with a, a, a Twitter article she came up with. Uh, by the way, you can follow that. At uh, at, Spar- at Sparkling Ruby, right?
0: Right, correct. Okay.
1: okay, so so she can you can just look for that, find it, and you'll find the article. It's an interview with a former Twitter employee that shows an inside look at how Twitter used machine learning to censor political content on the right. So, speaking of that, Chris, if you would, why did Twitter do this? Why? Well,
0: that's a that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot of Probably a lot of different answers for this, but from what I understand and what I was told, they, they really were on a mission. They wanted 2016 to never happen again. They felt like they were responsible for for uh, Hillary Clinton losing the election and wanted to make sure that that didn't happen hmm. again. So, so this uh, particular division in data science was created shortly thereafter to really ramp up uh, content moderation and... The, the tools that were used, in this case, natural language processing. So I, I would also say that while the public seems to think that AI is new right now, it, I think that does a disservice to them because as we see, as we can see with, with Twitter, it's, it's, they've been using it for years. Like the, I feel like there's this large discrepancy in the knowledge gap of people just learning about it now versus how it's already been used by companies in content moderation and big tech. Right.
1: Uh, okay. So so uh, it's pretty much a bombshell now. I'm I'm reading some some things here that uh keywords uh in the ngram list that were flagged include 2000 mules, my pillow, and we know we know who he is. Um the American flag you know, emoji, voter fraud and more. How did they come up with those uh, with those words?
0: Great question. So so, uh, according to the source, they came up with those those words from working with government agencies, the CDC, and other organizations that told them this is this is what we're seeing. These terms are deemed misinformation, and then that was relayed to Trust and Safety at Twitter, and then from there, Trust and Safety uh, and and also academic researchers would relay that over to the individual content moderators and data scientists who would then add in those terms.
1: All right, so so tell us how this you know can work for the right against the right for for the left against the left. Give us a little synopsis.
0: Yeah, no, I mean the thing is, it can. What I was saying earlier about guardrails it, is is really important, right? So so this is a perfect example of where those they determined that the guardrails for political misinformation were, were vastly different, than, I think a lot of other people would think the guardrails should be. And the problem is that the the public didn't know what those guardrails were. They had no say in it. Uh, That is what happens when the stuff isn't transparent and you're using it to make automated decisions and you don't tell people that. The FTC is clear that if you are using machine learning at all to make automated decisions on behalf of customers or users, you have to let them know. You have to let them know how it's being used. Because some of this this can be abused. For example, um, one thing you see in the news a lot is this idea of algorithmic bias in hiring decisions. And so that's something that that people are are, are fighting against to make sure that that bias doesn't exist. But there's also something called algorithmic political bias, which exists in social media content moderation at every tech company. And although my research is focused on Twitter, it's happening everywhere. And I'll give you a perfect example. All of it, all of this really started probably a few months ago when uh, I flagged something on Facebook. Another company was infringing on my trademark. They used my corporate trademark for Ruby Media Group. I put in my Facebook link for Ruby Media Group and and the infringing content. Within two seconds, the AI flagged it wrong, and my business of 15 years was removed from Facebook entirely ah. because their their AI said that I infringed against my own mark and kept up the infringing content and removed me from the face of the earth.
1: Well, there you go about AI having flaws. (laughs) Yes. So that was a pretty big one.
0: There was no human in in the loop. There was no human intervention. That had to be taken to the highest level of numerous attorney generals. And to be honest, that was literally the only way I could get my business back on Facebook. Hmm. That's where we're
1: at with AI. You know, speaking of Facebook, I, I'm not. A, I have to say, I'm not. A, I'm not a big Facebook person. Uh, I'm. I'll go one step further and tell you that I, I think Facebook is a toxic place, and I don't want to be there. So that that's. But that's just me. I know there are billions of people who disagree with me. Um, but I see posts on Facebook that are so. Left and so far to the right, and so far to the left, that there can't be any political content moderation going on there because they they let everything on there. So, uh, am I wrong?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of Facebook is Facebook is Facebook is in many ways a prim. So, Twitter is using primitive AI technology, which Elon Musk has stated. Uh, I think Facebook is a little bit on the the other end of the spectrum. It's an example of what happens when you really. uh, over-optimized with AI, and so when, when you use it too much and tip the scale in one way, you see, like, what happens is they, they you know, take no prisoners, and they'll just wipe you off the face of the earth. Now, it's okay if it makes mistakes, as long as you, there's a human in the loop for intervention to fix it. Mm. If you don't have that, that's, that's where you have that sort of Terminator nightmare experience that, that you referred to before where humans are, you know, can't get help you know, curious to
1: take. you know what scares me, too? Uh, I'm also involved in my business with uh, technology and robotics. And I'm noticing uh, a real change in the efficiency and usefulness of robotics in just the last 12 months. Okay? And interestingly, AI... Has found itself. It had ChatGPT and mm. and all the other things. Uh, it's now becoming mainstream. At the same time that these robots are so much more sophisticated, so it kind of gives me a little chill up my spine. You know mm-hmm. that that some robot uh, is going to pick up this AI and and we are going to have Terminator. Mm. Have you noticed the the the, ro- the change in robotics?
0: Charlie, have you seen that?
2: No, I mean, yeah, it's little here and there, right? But not dramatically, at least not yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw one walking the other day that that was. Freaking,
2: yeah yeah google is always testing that type of stuff yeah you know so even with the ai and the cars and everything else that they're trying to do so you know it's like i said pros and cons and the bad side of that or the dark side of that is if a car gets hacked right a self-driving car if it gets hacked um you know or any of these robots that decide to make a decision that is not favorable to somebody in a safety situation so these are all things that you know have to come to the guardrails of how this is going to be monitored and everything else. We're just exploring it now, Right. you know, but it's been around for a while, mm. but to go back with regard to Twitter and everything else and what they, what they've been doing, Facebook, what they've been doing. My personal belief is that they have just been targeting. Mm. I think these AI, Structures that they've been doing in the data has just been targeting certain speech and eliminating because they have a narrative and it is what it is But that's the reason why they're in trouble now, Mm. you know The way I sort of categorize Twitter and I'll just use them as an example if you it's like a classroom Mm. You know and all the kids are different platforms, right? And if one acts up the teacher's supposed to discipline that person or that you know that particular platform that didn't happen So who comes in and overthrows everybody? The principal. Mm -hmm. And this is where you get Musk. You know, here's a billionaire that didn't have to be involved in this situation. He just comes in and says, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to break, you know, Pandora's box open and I'm going to share the truth here. And boom, this is what you got. So you have all these different files and documents that he's been bringing out in different series. And now look, you know, now you got... You know, employee, employees going in front of, you know, Congress and the committee, the House of Committee. So, you know, I don't know where this is going to lead to, but more investigations are going to be popping up. And I don't think Twitter is going to be the only one. Right.
1: Uh, you know, so. Right. It, it, just, it just seems as though we're, we're heading towards something here. Right. You know, exactly. And, and we're exactly. You know, something is coming. Yeah. And, and is, it's going to be big. Right. Because I have not seen, now you correct me, guys, if you think I'm wrong on this. I haven't seen Congress whining about AI. I've seen it whining about the tech companies. You know, Facebook's making too much money. It's allowing this to happen, but I, they're not actually mentioning they're, AI. They're going to get there. They're going to get but there. But that's that's coming.
2: Yeah, it's coming, coming. soon to a theater got, near you. It's exactly it's expressed with Twitter. Mm. You know, they're going to be the first one to kick it off, and then from there, I think it's just going to be, you know, uh, an open wound mm. because and these guys have been doing well. what they've been doing.
0: Why do you think they'll be the first one to kick it off?
2: Because, you know, you already got three employees going in front of uh, the House of Committee on February 8th. You know, and they always said that the month of uh, January is going to be about all different investigations. Right? right. So this is the first one. You know, Musk has opened up, you know, Pandora's box here. So we're learning a lot that, you know, think about it. If he wasn't there, we wouldn't know what, what, you know, what Chris shared in her reporting. We wouldn't know it. Right. You know, but in getting down further down the line in the first month, of the first year, you know, we're learning a lot already, right? And her reporting's I'm fantastic.
0: That, I'm not convinced that anything will be brought up around machine learning or AI. And the reason I say that is because we saw what happened with Jack Dorsey in Congress, where he did mention machine learning. And but when he was we, when he was grilled on some of this, the questions were posed in such a way where technically what he said could be perceived as possibly. Perjury. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, because he didn't think the Pandora's box was going to open up. He didn't think, you know, Elon Musk was going to step into the into the arena here. But that's just the thing with technology. Yeah. You know, even with my company, you never know who's going to approach you. You never know who's interested in you. But I think, you know, Twitter went too far. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, they antagonized this guy, and he just came in and said, "Boom," mm-hmm. you know, to pay forty-four billion dollars for a company that you know has a hard time making money. He's got thirteen billion in debt. He's trying to pay that off now and everything else. It, it's a hard situation, but. It wasn't about the money for him. It was about. No, it's
0: about the. Let's be clear. It was about the data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This uh, isn't about free speech. It's about buying data to train a model. So you know, I, I, this is where I really have a very different opinion from party lines. You,
1: you guys took the question really right out of my mouth. And I, and I, <laughs> ha, I had enough time. I was going to ask you both why in the hell did Elon Musk buy Twitter?
0: He has optimists. You need to train optimists. You need to train. Ev- Elon very much believes in AI. All of this, if, listen, no one, I said this the other day, no one pays $44 billion for a failing company. But to pay $44 billion for data that can be used to train a model for all of your companies, yeah, that's infinitely worth more than what you paid for it.
1: So that, that's really the nefarious reason that he did it.
2: Well, where he's going with it is that he you know, he, he owns a company, I think it's called, um, oh gosh, uh, it's Black something, um, Black Box or whatever it is. And he's trying, he wanted to take, you know, that, uh, Twitter into that app because mm-hmm. it's like an everything app, okay? So that's where he was you know, originally going with it. That was the plan because I didn't even know or anybody else for that matter that's in tech that was trying to figure out what he was going to do with it. Is he going towards 3.0 you know, uh, or is he staying in 2.0 and putting it to something else and just consolidating? So when we were building the 2.0 for BitShout, I said six, seven months ago, I'm going to build an all-in-one platform. You know, And that's the exciting part about 2.0 that we're doing is that it's consolidating. So, like, if you have an account on YouTube, you know we have a look like account that looks similar to YouTube, where you can promote that page you know all your links all your all your coaching and everything else that you're doing same thing with soundcloud right you're on soundcloud now you can have your own soundcloud page similar Mm -hmm. to that um where you could be promoting all your different uh mp3 files Mm -hmm. Uh, we have podcasts and everything else so you know we're getting into linkedin too we're stepping on the toes there as well so in the 2.0 it's a completely different experience but when i said that and then my shareholders and other friends were saying to me did you hear what you know musk is looking to do and i was like what he's looking to do an all-in-one app. I said, you got to be kidding me. So that's where we started paying more attention to him and where he was going with that. But I think at this point, he's not really sure what he wants to do with it. You know, he's having some struggle there with, you know, where do we go with this? You know,
1: but, and how do we make money with it? Right. Chris, Chris, what do you think is going to happen with Twitter?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, What do I think is going to happen? Just your opinion. Uh, I think, I think it could go one of two ways. I mean, he could... Let's just say, like he turns it around and, and, and really could change the, the course of social media. I think there are some things he would need to, to do for that to happen, which is why I've been so vocal about if he believes in free speech, then he should release the training manuals and the training documents that, that were used for content moderation at Twitter, and that should be released every year. Because if he does that, he will, he will truly leave a mark and change the future direction of free speech and how it is, is moderated on every single social media platform.
1: All right. And so, if he doesn't you know, do that,
0: th- that's up to him. if he doesn't do that, then I'm, I'm not buying the free speech narrative. That's mm. where, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: is there any money in this? I, I, I'm looking for the money here. I mean, the guy's done nothing but lose money. Well, at this point, he's trying to raise money to pay down the debt at the same price that
2: he bought it at. So there's not even a discount to, uh, price to it. So I don't know, you know, it's, it's really a mystery. I mean, mm-hmm. he just got into this thing. Again, I, I, I think you... In- They antagonized a giant. He came into it. He Mm -hmm. just, you know, whether he's buying it for the data, whether he's buying it for, you know, freedom of speech, whether he's uncovering truth, you know, that's the part that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, the data and everything else is what it is. But, and he can make money with that. Mm -hmm. But I think uncovering the truth, really what happened here, you know, uh, whether it's certain agencies that were, were that, that found Twitter, easily approachable on certain things uh, to create this AI and to have this sort of structured narrative to go after certain keywords and everything else, uh, there's a motive there, right? You know, so um, if you ask me if I would do that, no, but if you're approached and, and, you know, and and you're sort of conflicted, it's a hard situation. But, you know, that could be the ultimate reason why he got into it, you know, just upsetting him but then there's other perks to it too you know and i think that's what he convinced other people to raise that money at 44 billion is not an easy round to raise right Right. so um you know there's a lot of factors here but where he goes with it from now i don't know
1: all right so we've only got a couple of minutes uh what's trending what's hot on social media
2: uh i could tell you in 2023 we've been looking at a couple different trends and we've been addressing that in the 2.0 bill you know, I thought it was a very strategic move uh, to consider what's new, what's coming, what's dying. Um, and that's how we're, you know, launching the, the new 2.0 experience, right? So, you know, everybody knows that TikTok will take over the world. That's the number one trend uh, in 2023. There's like 11 of them. Um, Clubhouse will die and social audio will get more of a niche. And we address that too uh, on the platform. LinkedIn will be more about, or much more about, much more, Than about jobs I should say Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's not a good thing Because what they're What they're really Talking about there Is that it's becoming More personal So If you're becoming more personal on LinkedIn and you're going to sort of squash the professional environment, now you're becoming like Facebook. Mm. You know, so that's the reason why in the downtime that I've been doing everything in the background, from the beta build to the 1.0 build that's out there now, it's a scrappy experience. um, And we sort of shut that down because we don't want our users having that experience. We got the information that we needed to build the 2.0 and everything else. But if you go to the website now, you can join the alert list, right, and, and get the uh, launch news on the 2.0. Um, so. And sort of moving things forward, I wanted to build something that was going to be a new impact. And to address the, in the downtime, that's why I have these trademarks. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, I'm can't. i not going to have big tech just crush me. They could take the idea. And that's what happens all day long. They just steal ideas. And they, the bigger guy claims it as his. That was a perfect example with Instagram and Snapchat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with stories. That was like the big factor there. Um, and then with LinkedIn, too. You know, just sort of... Uh, there's no uniqueness there. You know, there's no, no originality. You know, they're just... Watching everybody else copying the same thing and, and boom they have it and it's gotten so bad that now you have more personal content on there mm. and that's going to ruin the experience you know I see complaints here and there uh, this is not Facebook you know blah 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 so with us having that business casual culture between these two platforms allows our users to talk about yes socializing um, entertainment education, uh, and business talk, you know, where our users, the mindset when they go into it is that they're looking for opportunities. They're looking for information. They're looking to be, you know, taught new things. Um, We're actually building something out that's really cool too. It's a new, you know, I question database where like, you know, if I had a question to a lawyer, what am I going to do? Go call a lawyer firm and ask them. No, you can go to Bishout. You'll see how we work this into the personal brand. Um, And then you can question that person. And that's how you build a new connection. Mm. So, you know, on Facebook, you know, I I got 5,000 friends. I'm sure, you know, Chris has a lot lot too. Um, More than half of them, I don't even know. But nevertheless, you know, the people approach you for one reason or another. Either they like what you do or you look good or whatever the case is. Uh, On Bishout, it's different. You know, I'm more interested in what you're doing, how you can help me, Mm -hmm. you know, what you could teach me, what I could teach others. Um, We got referral links on there. That's really cool, too. So if there's a conversation in any of these posts that we have, um, I could grab your link, Scott, Mm -hmm. you know, your referral link and say, you know what? I got a great guy for recruiting. Contact him in technology, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So other users can help one another, Mm. that type of stuff. So uh, it's all creatively built is what I'm saying, too. But the real meat and the real heart of Bishout is our... Promoted shouts. So when you build our pages, and there's one thing here too that uh, one of the biggest things that uh, the problems that we're solving here, and I'll just read this off to you: um, promotional spamming and shameless self-promoting are ruining consumer experiences with social intrusiveness in 2022, heading into 2023. Okay, that's one big problem. The second big problem is that there's no easy, no easy way exists to stand out and inspire advocates unless you're buying ads. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the third one here, here's a big one: according to Hootsuite's 2022 social media trends survey, more than 40% of respondents indicated that the decline in organic reach and the need to spend more on paid advertising for leads were their biggest challenges. Mm. We solve this stuff very easily. So, you know, We're going to be a cheaper platform. We're going to be a fun place. And we offer more effective solutions.
1: Okay, now listen. If you haven't gotten the message, folks, with all the commercials we've done, all the commercials (laughs) I've read, with Charlie's appearance tonight, and with the wonderful Chris Ruby joining us, please go to bizshout.com. It's B-I-Z-Z shout.com. Correct. Go. Go, go, go. Go, go. Go (laughs) now. Turn off the radio. Go now. See you there. Go now. Chris Ruby, thank you so much for being here. That was fascinating stuff.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And, and my site is rubymediagroup.com if they want to read the article. We're
1: just about to ask you that. rubymediagroup.com. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. Thank you again for being here. Thank you, Charlie, for coming up from New Jersey to be here. You came up from Jersey, right? Yeah, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Wow. Uh, all right. If you want to be on Radio Jobline, you got to write to me. ScottP118 at gmail.com. Uh, give me your idea. I'll have you on the show. Connect with me on LinkedIn so you can hear all the job lines. We'll be back next week with another show. Happy hunting.